Okay, Dafkuf Dalad. We had said in the Mishnah, yesterday we talked about the halacha that you have to be bring the gzela that you stole and made a shvu on, you have to be of the mother, etc. The Mishnah also then said, that you're not supposed to give it to the ben or the shliach, meaning as Rashi explained, that if you give it to a ben or a shliach, it's not, it's not a halacha that you're not allowed to, but then if it never makes it to the mishaleach, then you're going to be responsible as killer, you never return. Now that halacha, the Mepharshim say, has nothing to do with the point that we made that we're talking about a case of a shvua. There's nothing to do with the shvua. There's not a halacha of halacha achra of the madai that you're not allowed to give it to a shliach. Shliach shalom kamaisa. We have this halacha in all of shas. Whenever you give it to a shliach, a shliach it represents and is the mishaleach. So that would be a kiyam of the halacha of halacha achra of the madai. That's not the issue the mishnah is discussing. Rather, the mishnah is discussing another issue which we'll get into now in our sugya. So about uh, eight lines down. So the discussion point over here is is when someone comes to you and says that I am a shliach of so-and-so who's coming to collect your chayv, coming to collect the money you owe him, your alayvo, your, your gazlan, or whatever the case, pikadin, etc., how do you know that that person represents the mishalech? How do you know it's true? So now, obviously, if he calls you up on the phone and he tells you, or if he meets you and he says, here's, this is my shliach, I want him to represent me to collect the chayv, he's my lawyer, etc., it is, that 100% works. You can have a shtar, it depends, we'll talk about a type of shtar you might have to have, but it's very clear from the mafarshim that if you know, you know. That's not the question. It's not a question that it cannot work. The question is, how do you know and how can we be sure what is going on or what the mishalech's intention is? Because when the mishalech sends the shliach to pick up his chayv, he can have one of two intentions. If you remember from the word in Gitin, we have a shliach haylocha and we have a shliach kabbalah. Okay, this is not the same, just borrowing those terminologies. If you remember, Sakhna's Gitta, the Shiach Kabbalah meant that the, the Shiach is representing the Isha, and as soon as she accepts the get, it's a get. Shiach Halacha means that actually she does not represent the Isha, she actually is representing the Baal in that case, and the get is not a good get until it gets all the way back to the Isha and she receives it because he's really the Shiach of the husband. So in our case also, when you send someone to go pick up a Chayv, do you mean he's your Shiach? You're the Malva, you sent the Shliach, he's your Shliach, and as soon as he gets the money, it's done? Or do you mean, I'm giving you the Loiva, or the, or the Shemer, or the Gazan, a way to send me the money easily, and I'm trying to get you to do it, but Lamaisa, it's not my Shliach, I'm just sending you a person to do it, but he's going to end up being your Shliach, in which case, if something happens on the road, and I never get the money, it doesn't count, and he's going to be Chayv Einstein. So how do we look at this? So we have the following case. So Shliach She'asu Be'edim. So if the Mishalech goes out of his way to have Edom there, that when he appointed the Shliach, so if Chis Tamer have a Shliach, Rabbah Merloi have a Shliach. So if Chis said that shows your intention to actually make him your Shliach, Rabbah says no, still doesn't unless we absolutely know. If Chis Tamer have a Shliach, L'hachi Tarchi Vokwe Be'edim. The Lake of The reason I made, went out of my way to put Edom here, which you don't necessarily need Edom to make a Shliach, the reason I did it with Edom, and now everybody knows that I did it with Edim, is because I want to show that this is absolutely someone I trust. He's going to be my shliach, and if he's going to be my shliach, then he, as soon as the money gets to his hands, the bala pikada, the, the shaymer, or the gazan, or the loiva, is going to be potter. But Rabbi says, no. Loiva is shliach. No, that is not going to be, a, like we said, a shliach kabbalah. It's just like a shliach ha'ilacha. He's going to be flipping around, becoming the other person's shliach. Because When I, even though I sent him with Edom, hachikamer. In Shemamnu, I'm just telling you that this is a person I trust. 
I trust him. Isamchus Samoch. If you trust him, then you can send him also. If you want to send him with him, he's a very nice person to send with. But he's still not my shliach. He's going to end up being your shliach, which case, until I get the money, it's still not going to be good. Now, Rabbi doesn't hold that you cannot make a shliach. Of course, you could. And if we know that the Mishalach sent him to be a shliach, Taisus discusses what does that mean? We know. Does that mean he has to say that I, directly I want him to be a shliach? Or he has to tell him, I want you to go be my shliach. You could debate exactly what Lashon or what Nusuk has to say. But if we know, we know. That's not the question. The only question here is, is this doing it in front of Aiden considered automatically like he's making a Mashiach Kabbalah or not. So now, we have a bunch of Mishnahis and Shas which discuss similar cases, including our Mishnah, and that's what we're going to have to try to see how they figure out and to fit into these Shittas. Tonight, we have a Mishnah in Bamatziah. The Mishnah says, Hashayla Sapara. Okay, so can I borrow your cow? Yes, I'm going to send it. The owner of the cow is going to send me his cow. And the owner sends it with his shliach. So if I never receive it, I never become a shayel, right? Once I become a shayel, I'm chayvenoinsen. I never received it, I don't become a shayel. Or even if I send a shliach to go pick it up, or I send my son to go pick it up, still, we assume that the people I send are not my shlichim, because if they were my shlichim, then as soon as they get it, I become responsible even for Einstein. They are not my shlichim, even though I sent them. And Umesa, and then the animal dies before it gets to me. Then Potter, I'm Potter, and I'm not Chayven Chiyuve Einstein as a Shoyal. So what do we see? We see clearly from this Mishnah that even though I sent my shliach, my son, etc., to pick it up, Lamaisa, I'm not going to be Chayven. They're not my shlichim. They flip around and become the owner of the cow shliach. And what's the case? What does it mean that he's my shliach? If there was no Edim, no one was aware of it. So, what does that mean? He's my Shliach. No, no one, as Rashi said, Taisa is more lovedish a question, but Rashi just says, how would we know to give it to him, Bechal? Right? Someone has to tell us that he's that Shliach, and there must be this Edim there. Now, according to Avchiste, if there's Edim, then he did, remains the Shail Shliach. And if he's the Shail Shliach, he should be Chayav right away. Elo da Asabe Edim, Vikatani, Pater. So, Kashalar Avchiste. No, Kedama of Christa. If Christa is going to say a terrorist to a similar question in another Bryce in a second, we're not talking where I appointed the Shliach with Edom. The whole question was, how do we know when he comes that he's my Shliach? So, if I appointed him with Edom, and Edom come and say, I appointed him as a Shliach, then according to Christa, he remains my Shliach. And if he's my Shliach, as soon as he gets the power, I'm responsible. Here we're not talking about that. Here we're talking about where the person who comes to collect the thing from me when I call him my Shliach is because it's someone that works by me. Sechir Velakita means someone who lives in my house, someone who does work for me, not necessarily an Evid, but someone who's a general worker for me. Sorry? I, I, no. Well, this is a very interesting question you brought up, I'm sure, intentionally, which is, can this person now be a goy? Right? This person is going to collect, my, to collect it for me. Is he a din shliach? And if he's a din shliach, then he cannot be a goy, because it's ain shlichus begoyim. Or some of us should say, it's not a din shlichus, it's a din arif. We had the Gemara in Kedushin that I can tell you, give money to Pliny, and it's Ke'ilu you gave it to me. We had over there by cases of Kedushin, etc. So some of us should say this is not a Din Shlichus, it's a Din Arev, in which case this person could be a Goy. Because all I'm saying is when you give it to him, it's Ke'ilu you gave it to me, me Din Arev. All right, that's an interesting discussion whether a Filipino would be applicable here or not. But leaving that discussion out, assuming that the person is a Jewish person who works by me constantly, that's how the Mishalai, that's how the 
the person knows the 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 person who owns the part the part knows that he is my shliach, and therefore in that case, Lamaisi is still not my shliach. He's just someone I trust. Someone I trust. Oh, that guy you trust? Okay, I trust him, but he's still not my shliach. You have to flip him around and make him your shliach. Machanami, Chista said a different case. Here also that would be the halacha. We could get out of this raya by saying it's chiyuv lekita tonight. Okay, our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said, You said when you steal something, you have to return it back to the owner with a shvua. Without a shvua, you're not allowed to give it to the shliach. And if you do, you're still responsible. So, what does that mean, a shliach? If we don't have any proof that he's your shliach, so then why would you give it to him? Of course, you don't give it to him. You don't know he's the shliach. It must be this Adam that he said that this person is a shliach. And still, we see in our Mishnah that when you give it to him, He's not the shliach of the nigzal, he becomes the shliach of the gazlin, and he's just, the gazlin's responsible until the chefetz gets all the way back to the original owners. You see, not like Avchista. So here, Avchista said, We're not talking about a real shliach. A real shliach would be a shliach of the nigzal. Here we're talking about someone who the gazlin, who the nigzal just trusts, because he works in his house, he lives in his house, and in that case... He says the Mishnah, even though he's ke'ilu, you're shliach, you're not a shliach. So therefore, we're now reinterpreting the Mishnah. That according to Avchistah, when it says, it's not really true. If you give it to a real shliach, then you're potter. As soon as you give it to him. Here the question is, he's not really a shliach. He's someone who you thought might be a good shliach, but Lamaisi is not going to be the shliach of the nigzal. He ends up being the shliach of the gazan, in which case, of course, until he gets all the way back to the nigzal's house, it doesn't count. Let's say the mission was talking about a real shliach that was with Edom. My, what would Allah be a quantum of Christo? It would be a proper shlichus. And when the Gazan returns it to such a person, the Gazan's potter, even if it only happens before it gets back. So why didn't the mission say that, says the Gemara? At the Tani Seven, the mission is looking for cases where you could give it to a shliach or you cannot. And what does the mission differentiate? Giving it to Benayur Shlucha, it doesn't help. Giving it to Shleach Bezdin does help. Why does the mission jump to a case of Shleach Bezdin? At the Tani Seifah, Nasun Shlucha, Isha Bezdin, you give to Shleach Bezdin, Rashi says, because of the Takanus Ashavim, lifting him, listen to me today. It should talk about his Shleach def- definitively and talk about different types of Shleach. Right? That the mission should, the, it should say, Bamedvarmer, what it should have over here, Shleach Shasubayidim. Right? By a Shleach Shasubayidim, Bamedvarmer, then it's without Adim, but with Adim, it works. Why does the mission have to jump to a Shleach Bezdin if it's looking for a case where you could give it to a Shleach? Just say, if you gave it to a shiach that was schir v'lekitoi, that's not a good, that's not a good hashava. But if you gave it to a shiach that was appointed with Edim, it is a good hashava, because that shiach, Taka, represents the Nigzal. Why didn't the Mishnah say that? For the fact that the Mishnah did not say that, it's mashma, it's not true. It's mashma like Rabbah. That there is, nice. Now, even according to Rabbah, as we explained, there is a case. So it would still maybe be a kasha on the Mishnah. Why didn't it say that? A case where I told him he's Mashiach. Unless you hold that the Mishnah would say there'd be no Kiddush to that, and therefore the Mishnah wouldn't have to bother saying it. Because the Mishnah likes to tell you definitive, simple to remember halachas. Halachas that have other details to it, sometimes the Mishnah leaves out because it doesn't want to get into the confusion and the complication of it. Why? It's the slip sequel, eh? Shliach Bezdin, you know, we never really define what this means, Shliach Bezdin. But here's the Mishnah the Gemara tells you. Shliach Bezdin, Loishna Asu Nigznal, Veloishna Asu Gazlin, Havish Shliach. What does it mean, Shliach Bezdin? Right? Or, as the Gemara said yesterday, giving it to Bezdin. So giving it to Bezdin, Bezdin's a Bezdin. You find the local Bezdin, you say, I want to return this Chayfetz, the person I stole it from is not around, he went, he went on a trip around the world for, for who knows how long, so I'm giving it to you, fine, 
Shliach Bezdin is something else. Shliach Bezdin means you go to Bezdin, or you, you call up, you know, 1-800-BESDIN, and you say, I need someone to pick up, you know, like a FedEx, please come pick up this item for me, I want to return it to the Nigzal, and he's not here, I don't know where he is, I need you to pick it up. Is that Shliach Bezdin appointed on behalf of the Nigzal, or is he appointed on behalf of the Gazan? You can have it both ways. The Gazan can call up Bezdin and say, please send someone to pick it up, I want to return it. Or the Nigzal can say to the Bezdin, I'm away, I found out who stole my things, please go pick it up on my behalf. Says the Gemara, that works either way. The Takanas Hashavim that you can give it to a Bezdin works whether it's the Nigzal or the Gazlin who is asking Bezdin to take care of it. So, Psikale. But Shliach Shasub Eidim, the Shliach that works with Eidim that now is representing the Nigzal, the Chiasu Nigzal Davish Shliach, also Gazlin Loyavish Shliach, obviously with the Gazlin makes such a Shliach, that doesn't help the situation at all. It only works and helps when the Nigzal makes a Shliach, but Eidim, Leipsikale. Benenechanami says the Gemara, the way Rav Chista is ex- going to have to explain the Mishnah, that a Shleach Sha'asu Be'edim works. That's true. The reason the Mishnah didn't mention it is because it was looking for a case where either the Nigzal or the Gazan appointed the Shleach, and that would only work when it's Bezdin, not when it's made by the Eid. Says Gemara, that point though, that you said that a Shleach Bezdin could be by the request of the Nigzal or the Gazan, it's not so simple. There's a price who's not like that. The Sani B'Shim and Lazarimer, Shleach Bezdin, Sha'asu Nigzal, that the Nigzal asked Bezdin to collect it, Veloyasu Gazlin. It's not when the Gazan makes it. Or if the Gazlin makes it, and then I go get it from the Sheikh Bezdin, then of course it works. Giving it to Sheikh Bezdin doesn't automatically mean it's not a Shava, just means you're responsible to give it. But what do you see from Shimon Alazar? You see from Shimon Alazar clearly that the Sheikh Bezdin is only appointed Ayyadeh the Nigzal. Not Ayyadeh the Gazan. Mm-hmm. According to Shimon Al-Azhar, it would be a question on Rav Chista, how is he going to learn the Mishnah? Because just like the Mishnah said a case of Shiach Bezdin, which is only Ayyadeh the Nigzal, it could have said Shiach Beidim, which is Ayyadeh the Nigzal. So there would be no reason to say one more than the other. According to that, it would be, Rav Chista would clearly, L'chaira, argument of Shimon Al-Azhar, I hold like the other Shita, that it works in both ways. That if you make it in front of Edim, then you clearly in, absolutely intend for him to be your Shliach. Oh, the Mishnah said giving it to a Shliach does not help. So we already said the Pshad is Shliach for the Kita. Here the Gemara says, No, it's talking about a case where I sent him, but I didn't say he's going to be my Shliach. I tell a Shliach, I have money by someone who owes me money. And he's not sending it to me. Go appear in front of him. Maybe the reason he's not paying me back is because he didn't find someone to bring me the money. So it's not that I'm going there specifically to be the Shliach of the Nigzal. The Nigzal, like we said, the Nigzal just saying, maybe the reason he has to pay me back is because he can't find someone to deliver it. Go be the delivery boy, but not my Shliach. I want you to be his Shliach. So here also, when the Mishnah says the word Shluchai, so then we said, he says, the market of Christo, but Shir Velikitai. Right, is the simpler answer. Shir means he's someone who works by him, but I never actually appointed him as Shliach. The first, the second terrorist, the first terrorist, more in this Kasha, and this part is, doesn't have to be a Shir Velikitai per se. It could be someone that he sends, but he specifically says, I'm not sending you to be a shliach. I'm just sending you to be an option, to be a delivery person on behalf of the Gazlin, not on behalf of me. He's called Shluchoy in the Mishnah because I sent him there, but Lamaisa, I didn't halakhically appoint him as a shliach. I'm going to view the Mishnah on that same point. Ein Now, what happens if a shliach shows up 
So he said, you need to have shliach ve'edim. Okay, there's no ve'edim. He doesn't have ve'edim. And the shliach said, no, 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 no. I 100% have coming on behalf of such a person. I can prove it because I have his signature ring or something like that. I have some sort of document or signature ring that says that I am his shliach. Okay. That doesn't count. Now, again, it doesn't mean you're not allowed to. It just means if you do, you're going to be responsible until it gets back. Because it's not necessarily that he's going to be a shliach of the nigzal. He's just, again, sending him here for you to flip him around to be your shliach. Even if you have Edim signing on this. Now, the Edim are not signing Taisa. Look in the top Taisas. Pirish, Afilo, Oymer, Lesefer, Kosov, Pliny, Shiyashach, Limos, Aide, Pliny. You write it in the Shtar, he's just sending Aide, Pliny. You sign it with your signature ring. Afilo, Edim, Chaismela. What are the Edim signing on? Taisa is very clear. Shehi, Diyukno, Shaloi. The Edim are not signing on the appointment of the Shliach. The Edom are just signing that this signature that you wrote here is your signature. Ain't no mile. Aval says Taisa very clearly. If the Edom sign on the content of the Shtar, then that would definitely work. That wouldn't be a question. Or if he wrote in his own handwriting and we recognize his handwriting. This is getting back to Chistus' point. We need to have Edom or a Shtar signed by Edom is good enough. But in this case, the Edom were not signing on the content of the star. In this case, the Edom were just signing that the signature of the Balabayas, or the signet ring, whatever it is, counts. That's fine. That's a very nice thing. But it doesn't necessarily mean this person is your shliach. No. If there's Edom signing on it, then you could rely on this and it's good enough. Now, remember, we just said Paskins like a Chista. Says the Gemara, so uh, if you could say. So Amr Maitakante. So Yaichan says Adam signing on the signature, that counts as Adam, and you can rely and say that he's your Shriach and it's fine. But Shmuel said no, Adam signing on the signature does not count. So according to Shmuel, if you live far away and you don't have telephones and you don't have you know WhatsApps or whatever it is, how do you get someone to collect the money for you? You found the, the Goslin and you want to collect the money right now because you're afraid he's going to run away or the guy's a Bashemir for watching your Pekadun. So if you, if you can only send Adem, who says Adem are going to get there? You can't even send the star sign this way, this kind of way. So how could you go get collect your money? How do you send the Shliach to collect your money? So well, there's another way which we discussed in the, uh, earlier. Rabbi had money that Rabbi Yosef had money. I know you're traveling past Rabbi Yosef's house. I sin in Elhile. So I want you to bring me that money. When he went there, he said, the only way that you can go collect it is if the Mishaleach is makne the money to the Shliach. We have two issues over here. Issue number one is when you send the shliach, we know the halacha is you can cancel that shliach on the way. And then the person, all the Adam in the world are not going to stop that. Now, you don't have to assume it's going to happen, but it could happen. Now, that is a good question. Shliach shows up to the person's, to the person's house and says, I'm here, I have Adam that I was a shliach. Does the gazlin or the shamer pikadin or the leva have to give the money to the shliach? So the answer is, according to most Mephoshim, he does not. He's allowed to, if he's absolutely a shliach, shliach be'edim, or shtar, whatever it is, he's allowed to, and then he's putter, but he doesn't have to. How can we force him to give the money is if the nigzal, the balapikodin, the malveh, actually make a kinyin with the shliach, and it's ke'ilu, it's the shliach's money. Now, we discussed earlier that the shliach can't keep that money, right? It's, it's only a quasi-kinyin. It's not a real kinyin that it says that he can run away with the money, but in terms of this, it's ke'ilu, it's his money. Oh, so if it's Kilu his money, 
then then it's I know there's no shlichus involved. I am the balapikada now. I am kill the nixon now. So the rabbi said, rabbi said that to him, Mikasavachai did he make it like you're the bala of money? Amalai lights. He's Yahi Zilbaresha, go first. Viest of the Khaiskabalti. Okay, and then it can be as well. The Saif Amalai, Ikasavanami Skabalti Lav Klumu. Why? He says, it doesn't work, because maybe he died. And if he died, then any shtari writes is no good. Right? It's not going to make it at all. So he says, just because he appointed you with a star, all that help doesn't help if he's dead. If you did an actual Kenyan, on the money or whatever it is that you're being mocked to him with a Kenyan Agav, right? The thing is not here. The thing is by the Begotten. So you make a Kenyan Agav on it. If you make a Kenyan Agav on it, then it's Mamash is and he can do it. Then you are the one who writes Kabalti. It's your money and then you can come collect the money. Oh, so he got the money. Someone owed him a Bechuzoi 12,000 uh, Zuz. He was makne to him on a Kenyan agav, agav the, the back of his house, and then he was able to go collect the money because he showed up for the star and says, "I owe the money. It's my money that you owe. You, not, you don't owe money to Rav You owe money to me." Very, and therefore he had to collect it. He also nafikli He went out to him. The tavach was a certain way up, stop on the road. He was very happy to show that he was able to collect the money from him. So the best way to send the shliach to collect the money, if you want to force him to give, is to be mocked in the money. His kabalti doesn't help. Mocked in the money, that's much better way to help. Good. Says the Gemara. Moving on. We said in the Mishnah that it was Karen and Chaymish. Says the Gemara, the Mishnah said, that the Chaymish, you do not have to bring him to Madai. As long as you sent him the Karen to Madai after the Shavuah, that's what you have to do. And then you achieve basically the level of Kapar, you can bring your carbon. But if you don't pay the Chaymish, obviously if he's here, you have to pay the Chaymish. But if the, if the person's not here, you don't have to run after him to Madai to bring the extra Chaymish that the Torah makes you pay. Says the Gemara, Alma, Chaymish Mamainu. The Gemara says, we assume from there for the fact that we have to even tell you. Rashi says, that you don't have to pay the Chaymish if he's far away. That means you would have had a Havamina, that you do have to pay the Chaymish if he's far away. Says the more, that shows us that Chaymish is mum. Mean. There's no question that when the Torah says you have to pay an extra Chaymish, it's not really mum. Right? Mumman means, normally when we talk about mumman, we're talking about, is it money that you took that you have to pay back? That's mumman. If it's a Kefel, that's a Knas, that's not money, it's extra above and beyond what you took. So the question is, this chaymish that the Torah says you have to pay, which is clearly above and beyond what you took, that's by definition, it's a chaymish above the carrot. What is the halacha that the Torah is telling you now? Is the Torah telling you now it's just a din like kapara, like kufra kapara, like we had by kaifer? Or is the Torah telling you, we're turning it into a chiyav mamun? Now, we already said in the Mishnah you can be meichalit. So if you can be meichalit, it clearly is a, like a chiyav mamun, which we'll see in the Gemara in a second. But here the Gemara is being arrived from a different point. The, the way Rashi explains it, there's some sort of, there's a Havamin in the Mishnah that you'd have to bring the, just like you have to bring the Karen all the way to Madai, there's a Havamin that you'd have to bring the Chaymish to Madai. That means, the Gemara says, the Gemara is assuming that the Chaymish has a din like the Karen. And just like the Karen you have to bring all the way to Madai, the Chaymish you would, Kamash on the Mishnah that you don't. But from the fact that there's even a Havamina, it very much sounds like the Gemara is assuming that the Chaymish has a din like the Karen. What's the Navkamina? So normally the Allah is that if the Baal, if the obviously the, the Nigzal dies or the whoever it is that you lied to dies, so you have to pay the Yarshan. 
But if this extra money is not mammon, if the extra money is kapara, so then maybe you don't have to pay him. So they didn't pay to him. So we say no. Not if the. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. If the Gazlan dies, does the, his yorshim have to pay? So if it's mammon, they have to pay. Right, well, from his nechassim. If not, not. If it's just a kapara, there's no kapara once a person's dead. They don't have to bring his carbon ashim. Once the gazan dies, there is no carbon ashim to be brought. So is this chaymish like the carbon ashim, or is this chaymish like the money? We see from the Mishnah, lachaira, that we treat it like money. But tenanami. Nasar sakarish v'nishbal chaymish. We said a case where you deny the chaymish, and you make a shvur on the chaymish. That would also be another indication that the chaymish is money, because you can make a shvur on it and have to pay a fifth on the fifth. That would also indicate that it turns into a regular chiv mum. But we have a price. When he dies, the Yarshim pay the Karen, the Yarshim pay the Chaymish, because it turns into a Chi of Mammon. And any Chi of Mammon, the Yarshim would have to pay. And they don't have to pay the Karban Ashim, because there's no such thing as being a Karban Ashim or Chatas, etc., after the Baladavar is dead. Says, is this really true? Do Yarshim really have to pay this extra Chaymish? Skip the brackets. The Bryce is talking about this case. The Bryce is talking about the Pasuk says Asher Gazal, that we darshan, Asher Rashi brings the beginning of the Bryce, Al Gzeloi Maisif Chaymish, Velay Al Gzelas Oviv. And it says in the Pasuk, Vehashev is Gzela Asher Gazal. Why is that Asher Gazal? That we're talking to the person who stole. The person who stole has to pay the Chaymish. The children of the person who stole do not have to pay the chaymish. When now the price is explaining. When would you have a havmin? When do you say that the children don't pay the chaymish? Maybe that's only if no one made a shvur. If he, if the son made a shvur, but the father didn't. The father made a shvur and the son didn't. Or even if they both made a shvur, meaning that you don't pay chaymish. The child did not steal. The child did not hold back the money. And therefore, even if the father made a shvua, even if the son made a shvua, Karen, you have to pay back. But the chaymish not. That's totally not what we just said. We just said chaymish turns into money. And if chaymish turns into money, the arsham do pay. So it's a steer from this price. Huh? Maybe. Maybe depends if, the, if there was a haidah. If there was a then you do have to pay back to Chaimish. If there was no Haidah, you don't. So what do you mean? Eloi Haidah, Karen, If there's no Haidah, and no one knows you stole it, and you have no Edom or anything, then you don't have to pay anything. So what are you going to say? V'chitei ma'chenami, that you don't pay the Karen, if there's no Edom, v'loi mishalim. V'adimikahadar, v'adimikahadar, achaimish, l'meimah, the Karen mishalim. The context that a Brisa clearly is that the Karen, you do have to pay. The Chaimish, because of Asher Gozal, you don't have to pay. So obviously we're talking about a case where they admit that everybody knows what happened. Everybody knows he stole it. The only question is, what do you pay? And says the Brysa, you pay the Karen, and you don't pay the Chemish. And it's worse than that even, because there's actually a second part of the Brysa. Tanya, the Brysa itself says, When do you have to pay the Karen? You would think... You only have to pay the Karen. If this father makes a shvua, and then the son also swears falsely that it wasn't stolen, and then they get caught, you have to pay the Karen. If the father made a shvua, but he didn't. Even if no one makes any shvua, 
Minayin, Tamalemer, Gezela, Vaishik, Aveda, Bikadan. The Pasuk lists all those things. Yesh Talmud, and therefore there's some such a strange drush in the Yesh Talmud, means there's some sort of drush. Hold on, we'll see what that drush is in a second. But you see clearly from this Brysa that whatever this context that both these Brysas are together, you're paying Karen. So what is this case over here where you're paying Karen? Obviously, you were Moida. But you're not paying Chaimish because it's the children paying, not paying Chaimish. We just said Chaimish becomes a Chayv, and if it's a Chayv, the children do pay it. Now, what is this Yesh Talmud business at the end before we get back to that? He said over this price, so. The fact that the son has to pay, is this a drusha from the Pasuk? Or is the proper gear? So Yishtalmu means that it's a Svara. It's just a Svara that the father stole and he's Meirish this money to his children. His children have to pay. Is it a Svara or is it a Drasha? I'm only Yesh Talmud Kamina. No, I mean it's a Drasha. Mirbui de cry from the Torah. In fact, the Torah repeats again. The fact the Torah repeats all those words, that means to tell me, even if you're not the one who stole it, you're not the one who took it, it was given to your father, you still have to pay it back. Fine. But getting back to our question. We see clearly, see, we're talking about it here by a Yarshim. The Yarshim have to pay the Karen. So that means there was a Haidah. If there was a Haidah, according to what we've been saying, they'd have to pay the Chaimish as well. And the Brisa clearly said, they don't have to pay the Chaimish. So what's the Allah? Amri, Elamai, Loi Haidah. When it said Loi Haidah, he meant, if Nachman meant, Loi Haidah, Aviv, Haidah, Benai. He meant that the father was not Maida, but the child was Maida. If the father was Maida when he was alive, then it already turns into a Chiv Maman, then the children have to pay. But if the father was not Maida when he's alive, and now the children were first Maida, then they pay the Karen, but they don't pay the Chaymish. That's why. Remember, it was clear from the Brisa that the son himself made a Shvua. If the son himself made a Shvua on the Karen that he was now Chayv to pay back on behalf of his father, and he gets caught, he's going to have to pay Chaymish on that. It's his own Shvua. It's nothing to do with anything. Amri says, no. We're talking about where the, the Chayfetz is not here anymore. And if the Chayfetz is not here anymore, then there's going to be no Chayv Be'etzim for the son to pay. The Gemara assumes at this stage. And therefore, even though he made a Shvua, his Shvua is, he lied. It's a Shvua is Bitu, he lied. But it's not a Shvua that he's going to have to pay a carbon for or pay Chaymish. Because there's no money that he actually owed. And even though he lied about what his father did, but Lamaisa, he's not going to be chayef for that. Says so Mark, wait a second. So he's not chayef on anything. Right? If the father left over a stolen object, I have to give back the stolen object. But if the father stole and owed money, the mechatesa, the kids are going to have to pay it. If I don't have any Yerusha. Of course, if the father left over karka, and he had a shibud on that karka for owing the karen. So now, the father made a shmur when he was alive, that he didn't owe the money. Okay. The father died without being moideh. So the chi of Gzela, of course, still exists, but the chi of Chaimish never started. The son comes in, now he's brought to Bezdin, he says in front of Bezdin, I swear, I don't, I don't know anything about my father stealing anything, I, my father never stole. Swears he never stole. Then the son is moideh. So now, it depends. The carrot he's going to have to pay back because of the sheep and the chasim. But, says the Gemara, the Shvu are not. The Shvu is not going to have to pay back and therefore he's not going to be Chayv the Chaimish. Skip the next two lines on the bottom, Rashi says. Rashi takes them out. And the Gemara is on top. Afilu Chaimish Nami Misham. So I don't stand. If there's a Chayis Nechosim and the son is going to have to pay back the money the father stole based on the Shibut that's on the Karka, so then his Shvua should be a Shvua when the son makes it. And when the son is made to that Shvua being false, again he should have to pay Chaimish. What's the case where he's paying Karen and not paying Chaimish? 
We know have a lacha. We've said many times. There's no such thing as a shvur on karka. You only make a shvur on metalton. Because a cost. If you don't make a shvur on karka, and since over here the responsibility of the yosim to pay is uh, is the, the child to pay is only based on a shibud karka, the shvur of the son doesn't count as a shvur, and therefore the karen he has to pay back. His father stole money. His father stole whatever he stole. There was a shibud on the father. That shibud rolled over to the assignment in the karka. They have to pay back. The shvur that they made doesn't count as a shvur. And if it doesn't count as a shvur, there's going to be no chayiv chaymish. And that's the case that we're talking about when we said before that he does not pay chaymish. It's that case. But if the father was murdered when he was alive, then the awesome would have to pay chaymish because it turns into a chayiv mamah. Rav Amar, Rav says another teretz. We're talking about a case where the father's money and the, everything the father had was by somebody else. Which means, when the Yasser made a shvua, he thought he was swearing truthfully. The only time you have a shvua over here and you have chaymish and rasham is when you f- swear falsely on purpose. Or maybe it was a shagi, but you should have known better. In a case where you had no possibility of knowing, then not. Now, the father in this case would be chayiv for his shvua because obviously he knows. The Yosem didn't know. The Yosem went through all the stuff. He went through his father's whole house. He didn't find any stolen things. He didn't find anything, any paper that said the father owes the money. So he properly swore, falsely, but properly swore what he thought, that he wasn't Chayef. And then it turns out that he finds out that it wasn't true and he really was Chayef. So Karen Misham The Karen he has to pay because that's the Shibud based on the, on the Akhrais Tachosim. Or, or even if without Akhrais Tachosim, he's going to have to pay if he has the actual Chayefetz. Chaymish, Shalom. But he doesn't have to pay the actual Chaymish. He didn't know. If he didn't know, we're not going to make the, the awesome Chayef in this case for the Shvu and the Chaymish and the Ashram of Ashram for sure. Now, even the Ashram of his own Shvu, he could make, but in this case, he's not going to have to bring the Karbat because it's not that type of shvur that you have to be chayv on. But the Karen, whether we're talking about whether the Karen's intact or if the Karen's not intact in Shiva and the Chosim, whichever way you want to go, it doesn't matter in this case, that of course he's going to have to pay. So we're coming out Lamaisa, that Chaymish is Mammon, and if Chaymish is Mammon, if the father was chayv to Chaymish, then the Yisraelim do have to pay that, that's no question. The only debate we have is in a case where the father was not married, then it rolls over to the kids, then it could be he's not Mechayv shvur at all because it's only Shiva Karka, or even if he's going to make a shvur, if he makes the shvur truthfully, what he thinks is truthfully, then also we're not going to be chayv the Yosem in that case. Okay.